Welcome to the Digital Selling Secrets Podcast. In this podcast, you will learn how to use technology to increase your sales and save time. Please subscribe to Digital Selling Secrets for updates on new episodes. Welcome, everybody, once again to another fantastic episode of Digital Selling Secrets. And uh, I'm your host, Jerry Moneycarot, and uh, we've got your co-host once again, Gary L. Dennis. And it's brought to you by Odds Marketing. Huge shout out to our sponsor, Odds, and thank you guys for all that you do. We have, once again, an absolutely amazing guest here, and it is Daniel Harmon. Daniel Harmon is uh, the creative visionary behind Harmon Brothers. He's led creative ads that have uh, over a billion views, creating over $300 million in sales. He's an expert in creating viral social videos that sell products. Just a small sampling, and uh, we were just chatting earlier. It, hey, you think about it some small time during, during a day, but these guys are the creative minds behind Poopery, Squatty Potty. You can't think about a unicorn crapping uh, rainbow ice cream anymore without thinking about this. So uh, with that, I'm going to hand it over to <laughs> Daniel. Daniel, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. If you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you come up with these crazy ideas. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jerry. Thanks well, for having me. You know, between crazy and sane. So. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me on, Jerry. No, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, okay, a little bit about myself. I am an Idaho potato farmer. <laughs> That's the well, truth. Okay. Yeah, if we're to go back that far, no. Um, yeah, Harvard Brothers, basically, um, like you said, we're kind of known for mixing the marketing worlds of traditional branding, if you think of um, players like Nike and Apple and Red Bull and Ford and all that stuff that are kind of, you know, doing a lot of ads that are just kind of trying to make you feel something positive about the brand and they're doing it, you know, in a lot of traditional formats like six second, 15 second, 30 second, a minute and so on. Um, then there's on the other extreme, there's the infomercials, right? right? And then we kind of mix those two worlds where infomercials have a lot of direct calls to action. They're trying to get you to buy immediately, but there's not a lot of long-term brand being built there. And we kind of mix the worlds of, of traditional branding and infomercials and kind of try to do it without having some of the negatives <laughs> of either side. And yeah, that's kind of what we did with Poopery and with Squatty Potty, Purple, um, chat books, Camp Chef, Fiber Fix, and the, and the list goes on. But um, and more, more, more recently, one of the ones that you might have seen is Lumi. But um, your original question, Jerry, was how, how do we come up with this stuff? Um, so we think the good ideas come from anywhere and from anyone at any time. And so a lot of it really goes into tapping into, tapping into the creativity you have around you in your network. And so, I, I, you know, none of these videos are created, created single-handedly by someone like myself. It's always with a big team. And so you want to get a really, uh, a bunch of bright minds and creative thinkers helping you out with that. So I'd say that's step one is involve people, um, especially where you're weak. Find out where your strengths are and then where your weaknesses are and then try to plug in people that have strengths where you're weak. And that's, that's a really good starting point as far as um, bringing in... Uh, really good ideas. And then the other one I'd say is um, a lot of people, a lot of people get a little bit ahead of themselves when it comes to branding and advertising. And if you take, for example, um, 
well, I don't have the video in front of me, so I won't use it for example. But so, some people will, will jump ahead and do like a Super Bowl commercial before they're established in the marketplace. Right, okay. And it's really hard, like when you're spending that kind of money and you don't like have any familiar with that familiarity with that brand to communicate that in 30 seconds, unless, you know, heaven forbid you're spending a minute worth of time on it and that gets really, really expensive. But if that's the way you're introducing to someone, introducing yourself for the first time, um, you can kind of be getting a little bit ahead, ahead of yourself. And so, so, so much of what we look for in the way of concepts is um, something that is surprising but fitting. Um, that's kind of our starting point. So you want it to feel like it fits in, it fits for the product, it fits for the world, it fits for the concept and the brand, but that ultimately it has enough of an element of surprise to it that you will kind of grab people's attention and you'll be able to start telling a story where if you're just the same as everything else out there, then people are just going to kind of think you're boring and pass you on by. Right. But, um, if you have that kind of magical mixture of surpri being surprising and fitting, then that's a really good place to play, um, from a creativity standpoint. So let's take squatting potty, for example. So the surprise element is we're using a unicorn, right? right. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're in a fantasy world. Yes. Um, and we're with a prince, right? And that's, and it's, but what's also su surprising is in some ways also fitting. So what's fitting is that we're using ice cream for poop. Like it's surprising, but it's right. fitting because soft serve ice cream actually has a consistency close to poop. Yes. Um, yes. But, well taken. <laughs> well noted. <laughs> well, it is actually more fitting than you might think, right? Yeah. Um, if you need a visual, we have okay. we have that right here. One on our book, right there. <laughs> uh, but but like in all honesty, that's that is kind of what we're talking about. And then when we're using, um, it's surprising that we're using a unicorn, but it's also fitting in that we're using the unicorn's anatomy as a metaphor for a human body, right? right. And right. that you can actually see. Um, in an x-ray view, the colon kinking and unkinking as the unicorn, um, you know, sits Squat. and squats. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that is where, that's kind of where you want to live, where it's close enough that it, it connects and it makes sense to people, but it's surprising enough to catch their attention. So let's, let's take, for example, as well, um, Purple. So we launched the Purple brand with, with um, Goldilocks. And the raw egg test, it's a video that has somewhere over, I think, 400 million views now. Um, but that on that one, it's, it's surprising that you're kind of using this, this egg test to, to demonstrate the, the cushioning technology, right? That it's both right. going to not crack those eggs and then it's going to support the glass on top. Right. Um, but it's also fitting to be having the character be Goldilocks because she's a bed expert, obviously, from the fairy tale. Right. So that's kind of where we live. And obviously, you know, there's, there's other elements to it, but um, that's, that's a really good conceptual starting point is you, we, we put it this way. Um, we say you want to be one step ahead of your audience, but not two steps ahead. If you get two steps ahead, you kind of lose people, right? That you're not connecting with them anymore. It's not fitting enough. You're maybe making too big of a leap. It's it's going out into something that's either too abstract or just too crazy or whatever it is. 
But if you're just kind of one step ahead, then it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. And oh, that's so interesting that like, I've never seen anything like that before, but at the same time, something about it feels like it still belongs, you know? Right, right. And we can still connect with that. And then you want to, you want to actually listen to what, what they have to say. Exactly. I'm now, yeah, now I'm invested with Goldilocks and I want to see what she's going to say about the bed now, because like you said, she's a bed expert. So but I, I, I got, I got to know. And by the way, with you know, Harmon brothers book right here, my, my five-year-old daughter, by the way, sees this picture and she's like, daddy, why do you have a unicorn pooping? Uh, on your but that, that's a, that's another story but so, ruined so many lives <laughs> no it's it's funny um but in your book you talk about the t your team you have a awesome team behind you um but I, i'm just curious so at some point you get to okay guys we're going with the unicorn that's going to poop rainbows but like yeah. there's a process involved there like I just imagine people sitting around a, a boardroom table and somebody throwing out, hey, how about a unicorn? About yeah, I, I, I agree with you there because what you're saying right now, Daniel, it sounds very methodical, very thought out, very MBA-like. It, it's it's that's all it is. It's never anything different than that. Come on, man. I mean, at the end of all, okay, good. Because yeah, at the end end product is a it's a unicorn pooping uh, pooping ice cream. Yeah, right? how does that start out, right? Yeah, what's that look like? What I mean, what's the? Yeah. So often it comes with a problem to be solved. So so Squatty Potty sees our poopery ad that went viral and um, that kind of launched poopery all over the internet. Um, and it's that girl sitting on the toilet right. talking about her bowel movements and how you can cover them up with, cover up the smell with poopery. And obviously it has a ton of success. And so the, the CEO Squatty Potty sees that and he was honestly upset when he saw it. He's like, that should have been my brand. <laughs> that was his reaction to it. So he reaches out to us and says, I want you guys to do a video for me. And um, specifically the problem he was trying to solve is Squatty Potty had been invested in by Shark Tank, um, and so that they had that connection with Lori that uh, that invested in them, and she got them connected with a QVC, and so they were supposed to be able to go. I mean, they had a huge sales bump from uh, from going on to Shark Tank, but then it was kind of a flash in the pan, and it wasn't anything they could sustain over time. And they knew they needed to kind of get to the next level and to have more sustainable growth um, than just like a Shark Tank appearance. And so they went for the QVC route and, and QVC kind of turned them down. I think they might have even tried the home shopping network. I can't remember exactly, but basically they were turned down because it's like, oh, this is way too gross to talk about on TV. Like you can't, you can't demonstrate the colon and stuff in a way like this is not demonstrable for us on, on video. Right. So he came to us as like, you guys kind of made it safe to talk about hiding your odor, like with things like if you go clear back under history or a brush with the tongue cleaner for bad breath. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 So, so that one as well. And then also you made it safe to talk about, you know, hiding the smell of your poop with poopery. It's like, I think you can kind of take some of the taboos off of this subject of, you know, pooping posture <laughs> of, of how you go to the bathroom. And, and so the, as far as the problem solving for the ideas goes, it was like, okay, how do we talk about poop and the colon in a way that doesn't gross people out? So my brother Jeffrey has this idea. He's like, what's close to poop, but it's like the opposite. It's like something 
you know, completely life. different. And, and, and like that soft serve ice cream is what I basically came up. It's like, oh, it could be ice cream, right? And he comes in and brings this idea to work. We start playing, playing around with it. Like, oh, yeah, that could, I could see how that could work. And then we start thinking, okay, what kind of an ice cream machine is that? Is like like a, a person with an ice cream machine, like to demonstrate it? Or is this, then we started thinking, oh, if it's a person, is that still too gross? Do we need to remove that a level? If we're going to remove the poop itself to ice cream, does the person, the, does the human form need to be removed like to an animal of some kind? That's basically like, okay, we're going to have to go to another metaphor there. Oh, okay, what kind of an animal would poop ice cream? And then the internet told us that's obviously going to be a unicorn. <laughs> so, um, no, but seriously, like on YouTube, if you search um, unicorn poop cookies, long before we published our video, there was a video out there about how to make unicorn, unicorn poop cookies. And they were these wow. cookies. Okay. And so that was a little bit of the inspiration um, behind things. And, but ice cream doesn't come in rainbow form. And so we, we were just kind of thinking crazy things like, oh, was it going to have little bits of M&Ms and sprinkles and stuff like that in it? Because the, the thinking there was the same of like, okay, if it's ice cream, there's a lot of different kinds of ice cream that are actually really close. Well, like there's chocolate ice cream. Let's be real guys right now. <laughs> There's, there's salted caramel. There's all these kinds of ice cream where the colors are going to match up way too well to things that you would find inside your toilet. So we wanted to take it to a place where it was removed and make it really colorful. And um, so that's why we threw around these ideas of like, does that have little Skittles or M&Ms or like sprinkles and stuff in it? And, and then ultimately we're like, oh, maybe it's going to be a food truck. And it's going to be this giant like Clydesdale unicorn thing on the back of like a food truck trailer. And there's a street vendor out there pouring, you know, <laughs> dispensing ice cream cones to little kids in the city. <laughs> terrible, terrible ideas, right? But um, until we finally landed on our, our lead writer, Dave, he brought in this concept of introducing a fantasy world. And then all of a sudden, that concept fit of like, oh, now it could be a unicorn. And then the authority figure would be a prince. Okay, that makes sense. That's motivated by this and, world. And in the fairy world. Yeah, and in the fairy world, and then the unicorn, and then I was like, you know, I, I think it's going to be really scary if it's this big horse unicorn thing. <laughs> I think we need to make this really kind of cutesy, small, almost like a little pet type of thing, you know. And so we made this the unicorn much sm smaller and landed on this puppet, and um, and then ultimately, um, we we didn't know exactly what the color was going to be and stuff, and we did it with um, actual icing is how we did it. We, we actually tried to do some rainbow icing at first and it just never came out looking clean enough. And so we did it with white um, um, frosting is how we dispensed it. And then we added the color on after the fact. Again, remove it as far from, from the land of real as possible, but at the same time, allowing your brain to still connect it to the science that actually makes sense. Makes sense. That's amazing. D Daniel, Daniel, just to kind of piggyback off that, and you know I'm a big fan of Russell Brunson, and I know on a re recent podcast or, or some other piece of content he put out, he talks about finding the point in between normal and crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, kind of just another way of saying surprising but fitting, right? Right. right. So, so right. let's say we bring a group of people together, just like you talked about, and everybody's throwing out all these ideas. You know, they're, they're coming up with metaphors. They're looking at previous commercials, other content that was put out, other just ideas that are coming to them. How do you know after you spend all this time and production and coming up with these ideas that it's actually going to work? Like, like people come up with ideas all the time that are just 
you know, far-fetched and, and things. How do you know your idea is going to hit it out of the park like you've done so many times? Okay, so here is the real truth. We never know. Um, we try to give ourselves the best possible probability that it will, and we have a lot of ways of getting there. Um, but we never really know until we actually put it out there and start spending behind it to see how effective it's actually going to be. On a gut level, we start by saying, what sells us? That's all we start with. Is first, first and foremost, what was what sold me on the product? Then how do we reverse engineer that? Or how do we break that down in video form to tell that story to other people of like, oh, this is what initially sold me. And then that's what I say to myself as I'm reviewing, like I, I was just in the room um, with one of our creative directors less than an hour ago reviewing a, um, a cut for a, um, uh, another client we have that uh, has energy bars. And that, that's my criteria I use is I critique this stuff is like, okay, this, this isn't working for me. It's just, I, I have to go on a gut level first and foremost, what sells me and what's working for me. And then from there you test with other people. And so that's all about writing a script and then reading it to people that aren't familiar with the product that aren't feeling familiar with the service or whatever it is and see what the reaction is to it. If it's positive and, and one of the things we like the most is when we have an edit of a video and we're showing it to people that have never seen it before, just to get candid feedback. We ask questions like, is there any part that confused you? And if they can tell you a part that was confusing, that's so helpful. Like that's that just, just to get to clarity is such a big deal. And then what we look, what we look for a lot of the time is people will start asking kind of buyer intent questions. They'll say like, well, so wait a minute, where, where do they sell this? What grocery stores is this in? Or they'll say things like, oh, what, what's their website? Wait, what, how much is the price on that? Or what ingredients do they use? When they start asking those kinds of questions about something, um, of course, I'm, I'm couching this all in terms of the energy bar that, that we're right. working on right now. But, um, but that's the kind of stuff that gets you like, oh, okay, we're on to something. Like very much so when we would show the early cuts of the video of purple, people would be like, where can I buy this mattress? And they'd be like, how much does it cost? Oh yeah. When, when does it come out? Like they, they would say those types of, it's like, okay, we're onto something, right? right. Um, same thing with Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty, people would watch it and um, they'd say like, does that really work? And, and they would be like, huh, have you tried that? You know, and, and ask, ask those kinds of questions. And, and um, um, so that's, that's really encouraging to see that. And so, so much of it is about at any stage of development, whether it's in the writing or um, in the editing, that you're always starting first with, okay, what sold me on it? Um, at least we do that as an agency, right? right. Um, and you might, if you're actually the inventor of the product, then you might need to get some outside counsel. What's, what's selling my customers? What's, what's the tipping point for them? What's, what's triggering them wanting to buy this? And then, hope, and then ask yourself, how can I translate that into video form so that that message gets across? So, what's your, uh, Go ahead, Gary. I was just going to say, it, it sounds like you're, you know, a, after you go off, you, you reverse engineer um, what works for you or, or that thought process behind that. You, you, you do kind of an MVP, minimum viable product, and then you, on a small scale, and then test it among a group of people to get, get a feel for it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I, I mean, at that point, we already know that we're doing a, doing a campaign with the client. It's going to be headed out the door anyway, but that's how we iterate and refine to the point that it's actually going to be in good shape 
when it goes out, we give ourselves the best foot forward. Now, you bring up a really good point of MVP. Um, I think a really good a really good starting point for developing a great video script of what is actually going to fit and sell is is um, it's always better to do it cheap before you do it expensive as you're trying to prove things out. So if you have a landing page that you can have all of your sales copy in, right? That can take people all the way through your sale and you know that that's converting, well, then that should inform a lot the way of, of how you're putting together your video, right? Um, and so it, it, any time that you can A-B test through different ads and messages like with static banners, or, or with different um, posts on, on social media and things like that in a le- less expensive form and gather learnings from that and then apply that to the video, you're gonna be so much better off. Hmm. W- one point that you made, uh, Daniel, that's uh, really sticking with me, in fact, I took a note down about that, was the, uh, something that we talk about quite a bit when you sell digitally and um, about selling one-to-one as opposed to you know, a large campaign is being authentic. You mm-hmm. said you said when you're developing a campaign, you first think about, you know, what is what's the gut feeling for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give to to salespeople in general about being authentic rather than trying to put that uh, mask on? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I would start with that point of like what what sells you. Um, it's kind of if you haven't read the book, The User Method, it's a really good one to read. Right. Um, and it talks about that, about how some really great products have been created just by trying to solve a problem for oneself, right? Um, and um, specific use cases that it cites in there are like even Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, trying to make a, a place to be able to network with people at college and that type of thing. Right. Um, and um, I, I'd say also, you learn a lot from kind of uh, doing your elevator, elevator pitch with people in person. So if you've had a chance to sell your product or your service face-to-face with someone, you can get a lot of learnings right there of what message resonates and what's, what's working. And I'd also say um, from there, it's, it's really good to go through the comment section of, of your reviews. Just like any, any kind of place that your, your, your product is reviewed, really pay attention to patterns in there of why people love your product. What are the features that um, really, really make them love that. What what problems is it solving for them? What is it the primary problem that it's solving for them? And I think so much of that is really, really good about informing our creative in the direction we take. Excellent points. Uh, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is. I mean, this has been so insightful. Everything you're sharing, especially. I mean, Harmon Brothers. Everything y'all have done. <laughs> it's just amazing. Thank you. Um, from, from a sales standpoint, so you, you have sales professionals out there, they have their phone yeah. and they don't have a big team behind them to do marketing, but they want to, yeah. and, uh, quoting Russell Brunson again, uh, hook story offer, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So any advice for them? I mean, this is all they have. They have a cell phone, they have their uh-huh. imagination. They, um, I guess they could come up with content on their own and test it among friends and family to, to get and a feel. They don't have any unicorns in the backyard to <laughs> them out. So, and Goldilocks has already been taken. <laughs> no, yeah. So, uh, so let me just relate it back to my own personal door-to-door sales experience that I went through 
years ago where I was selling alarm systems um, for homes. I was selling for an ADT authorized dealer and, and, they, and we had a sell structure that we followed very similar to what you just mentioned, you know, some sort of a, a hook, um, a story and an offer, right? So that's kind of basically the, the way you broke it down. And um, that, that kind of fit into telling about the, the brand itself or, or like the product itself. But I think the more that you can personalize it when you're one-on-one -on -one with people, the better off you are. And so if you're telling someone else's story, that could be really great. You know, that could be a good starting point. But as you gain more experience, when you have your own stories to apply to that, um, that I think is so much more powerful when you can say, um, like for example, once, once I had knocked on enough doors and run into people where they'd been, their homes had been broken into, and I could kind of communicate that to the rest of the neighborhood of like, oh, so-and-so had their home broken into, they didn't have an alarm, they immediately put one in right after the fact, they, they were wishing so bad they would have done so before that happened, you know, that kind of a thing. That, that was a lot more powerful than just following the script when mm. I could always bring it back to my own personal experience. So not just a company story, but your personal story, experience, interaction that relates to the, comp to the product or service and how it aligns with the client. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're doing face-to-face -face sales, you, you, at the end of the day, you're still selling yourself, right? That's mm -hmm. first and foremost. No one, no one is going to buy from anyone that they don't trust. And no matter what the product or the service is, if they just don't trust you, if they don't buy into you first and foremost, it doesn't really matter what you're peddling at the end of the day. And so anything that can pull in story from your, from your own life, I think, can be, can be really powerful. And it sounds like you've applied those same things that you just told us into the stories that you build with, you know, potpourri or Goldilocks. I mean, just listening to you, you know, uh, Goldilocks is there and you know, it's a fairy tale yet you, you take it personally that, Hey, I've grown up with her or yeah. the prince. I mean, in every story, you know, about a, a fairy prince or whatever fairy tale prince. Yeah. And that trust factor is already built in there. So That's uh, right. I, I can hear that, uh, what you're saying right now, connecting with those stories that you guys have told through these, uh, through these uh, videos. Yeah, a hundred percent. Bringing it something, bring it back to something that is relatable to other people that, that already has um, a connection of authority with it. And again, what it's interesting that you mentioned purple when we, when they, when the, the company came to us and showed us their technology, they took a raw egg inside of a Ziploc bag and had a sit on it on top wow. of that purple. And then it didn't break. And we were like, that was what sold us. And so we were like, okay, that has to go into the video. Right. That's what's selling me right now. I've, I've got to get that in the video somehow. And then we had to go through the whole test and refine process of figuring out how does that work on video? Because if, if you sit on something and you feel it with the camera, it's not very compelling because you didn't feel it and you might be like, oh, you're just doing camera tricks. And you're like, yeah, it's not really, it's not really a raw egg or whatever. And that's why we came up with the idea of the glass. And that's why we came up with the idea at the end where she goes and actually bursts all the eggs that had been on the bottom of the glass to show, oh, look, this, these were real raw eggs, right? Right. 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 Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, Daniel, we're getting close for time. So, um, and I know you've been crazy busy uh, today as well. I just want to say thank you so much for, for joining us. And, yeah, thanks uh, for having me on. Most definitely. And so everybody, you heard what Daniel had to say. Uh, say, please put your thoughts in the comments. 
What do you think about that, about being authentic and connecting with your, uh, with your customer that way? And uh, with that, uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe and uh, give Daniel a thumbs up and a huge thanks for coming down uh, and joining us. And uh, my co-host, Gary Dennis, and myself, Jerry Moneycrode, we want to say thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you.